Peace, this is your host Krill of Out The Box. The following interview is part of our throwback series of Out The Box Talks. These are interviews that were done prior to the official season one and two of Out The Box Talks. Enjoy. Welcome to another special edition of Out The Box Radio. I'm your host Krill. Today our guest on the line comprises of another two artists that represent the Midwest area. One representing the city of Detroit and the other from the city of Chicago. Although both hold the title of MC slash producer in their respective careers, they recently came together to share those roles on one of the most creative albums of the year entitled Cult Classic, with one contributing as the album's primary MC and the other as the sole producer. It is with great pleasure that I bring to you today, live on the line right now, hailing all the way from the city of Detroit, Michigan, and Chicago, Illinois, the homies, Denmark Vesey and producer Scud One. Welcome to Out the Box, y'all. What up, man? It's just me right now, but what up? Scud says, what up? What up, uh, Scud? I know, I know you there in the background, so we're going to talk to you in a little bit. But uh, I want to thank both of y'all for um, being on the line with us. As I was telling you before in the email, uh, um, Denmark, the album really, really, um, really took me back, man. I, I was really moved by the actual um, concept of the album. You know, I'm a real sucker for concept albums. So I really want to take this time with this interview to really talk about this album. Really, I want to focus on Cult Classic, being that it's, it's like the, the album of, of choice for you guys at this moment. So um, before we, um, you know, get into that, we obviously got a lot to talk about. Before we jump into the depth of, of the interview, tell us exactly how each of you guys got involved with music and how the journey all began for you as a career. And of course, you could start Denmark and then we go to Scud. Yeah, word, okay. Well, uh, how I started was um, about 15. I was like super into sports and super into drawing. And uh, when I was like 15, everybody just got way bigger than me, and I could still draw. So you know, I just kept it, at, kept it at that. I kind of threw sports away and just you know, kept it at that with the with the drawing. And then I read some books where it was like, yo, if you're good at drawing, sometimes you're good at music too. Right. And I started you know, rapping and you know all of that stuff. Uh, rapping came first. <coughs> Excuse me. Rapping came first. And then, uh, like, when I was, like, 19 to 20, I started, like, making beats. Right. And then, um, yeah, man, that came about because I knew this dude named Nick Speed. Nick Speed is from Detroit. Definitely. Um, when I was first rapping, that that dude was, um, he, uh, that was, like, the first dude that I knew that, like, made beats that was, like, stuff that I would hear from other artists. You know what I mean? Like, oh, man, that sounds like some primo shit or, you know, or whatever. And, um, yeah, so, you know, I used to listen to his BCDs, go home, and, you know, I couldn't afford none of his beats at the time. Still can't. But uh, <laughs> I would make my own beats, and then I just started, you know, making beats and rapping, um, you know, around, like, 21, 22. That's when, that's when I started started really getting down. Um, and, yeah, I've cut in touch with Right. That's what's up. Yo, what's up, man? What up, Scud? Glad to have you on the line, brother. I appreciate you having us on the show, man. No doubt, man. No doubt. So yeah, tell us a little bit of how you um you got your 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 foot wet in the actual music uh, journey. 
Right. Um, man, actually, uh, similar to Denmark, I was drawing first, too, you know? Wow, two artists, And huh? uh, I, had a, I had a couple of friends that would write graffiti, you know? Right. So I kind of got interested in that first. And then, um, to tell you the truth, I never got as good as I wanted to. I was always like, damn, these fools got all these murals and all kinds of stuff. Right. And um, I kind of started leaning more towards the music, you know? I rapped for uh, 10 years before I ever made a beat, you know? Right. You know, I was going to say, it's really interesting how you connect the world of art with music. You know, you both said that you guys started out as artists, you know, I mean, I, I guess, you know, you guys started out drawing, and um, I never really thought about it, but um, even myself, I, I, I actually rapped back in the days, and I started out as an artist, I, I, that was one of my natural talents, but I never really, you know, really get a chance to explore the concept of how art actually connects to, like, music, you know, I mean, they're, they're all art in some sense, but I thought that was yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely, that... I mean, they definitely go hand in hand, right. you know, and if you're a creative person, uh, it shouldn't take much to do anything creative, you know, whether it be music or drawing, exactly. you know, whatever it is. Definitely. Now, y'all put out one of the most creative hip-hop albums of the year, as I mentioned earlier, Cult Classic. And what I love about it is the subject matter that you guys chose to speak about. Briefly explain right, right. The, the concept of the album for the people and tell us what made y'all decide to create an entire album around that theme. Uh, well, I think what happened there was we had already came up with a couple of joints off that. Uh, we were doing a series called Leakly Weeks. So we were putting out a song and a video uh, every week. Mm. So we had a couple joints already and, uh, you know, the production style was kind of smoky and, uh, almost cold like in itself. Right. And, uh, this dude had came up with that joint cold classic. So mm -hmm. we kind of built off that. And then, uh, Denmark came up with a whole storyline to go with it. And after that, you know, it, it kind of all fell in place. Plus we didn't, um, do the whole joint in order. So we had a couple joints. Uh, we we were able to round up the intro um, at the end and kind of summarize the whole story. But yeah, and I think that's something that Denmark can expand on, uh, just because he came up with uh, all the lyrical content. You know, I, right. I or, uh, did all the beats in in the entirety, and um, yeah, he pretty much came up with the concept. And it wasn't something that we had to pick through. You know, it was kind of, uh, he came up with it and was like, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Right. And uh, it just seemed to fit, right? Right. So basically, Denmark, um, expound a little bit on, on, on how you came up with the lyrics for the project and, and how all the lyrics came together to create this cohesive message for the album. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much... Um, this is Denmark, by the way. Yes. Uh, that's pretty much uh, uh, like something that's been brewing about like for my entire life. You know what I mean? Like I grew up in the church and went to private school and all of that stuff. And then I kind of like stopped going when I was like 16 or something like that. And, uh, yeah, from there, you know, I just started forming, you know, you get a little bit more independent, you start forming your own opinions, and, you know, you start seeing the world the way you, you, where you, you know, see it. Right. 
obviously you're affected by everything else that's happening in your life, but, you know, you still try to find your own way. So this is, you know, like everybody's, this is my debut album, for one. You know, it's my first right. album. Right. So everybody's first album kind of takes them their whole life, you know mm. what I'm saying? So that's why, that's why that came about. But it's not, I mean, you know, it's not like a, it's definitely something that, uh, uh, you know, it's a way I feel. And that uh, this album was more so uh, me talking to myself. You know what I'm saying? It was it was like a, uh, it was like therapeutic just because I got to get all of that stuff out, how I feel about that stuff. You right. know what I mean? Right. And it wasn't like I don't think it was corny how I came about. I just think that it was something that you know needed to be addressed in my life, and it just had to, so happens that I rapped in that other people listen to it but that was a cd that was totally for me like that was just me just venting about how i felt about that certain situation definitely so um um what i also want to talk about is just this this notion of of religion organized religion we all obviously have people in our family or even friends that are a little deeper into religion than us you know whether it be christianity islam or whatever Mm -hmm. what um what type of feedback have y'all gotten from other people that have either what like people that you're close to or people that you know that are actually deep in into their religion in response to the subject of the album? Uh, I think it was like one person like Scud that found somebody on the internet that was like, Yeah, this is blasphemous <laughs> But other than that everybody I think people who generally got that, you know, what I don't think it was too blasphemous. I think it was yeah, I don't, you know, I think it served its purpose. I don't think that it was like, okay, so um, if I'm trying to, like, I can't be telling, like, anybody with, in, in any religious sect right. that they're preaching too much. If I'm preaching to them about preaching, to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't, I can't do that because that's, I'm doing the exact same thing that I'm yeah, kind of, like, you know, going against. So, right. uh that was my goal, like, not to be, like, preachy with it. But like I said, it was more so just something that was on my head. So it wasn't like, y'all are wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't <laughs> like that. Except for, like, like Creflo Dollar. I think that dude is on some evil stuff, on some real stuff. I mean, wow. You know, he says um, a lot of uh, crazy stuff, so. <laughs> you know, um, oh, God, man. It, it's the The subject matter is so profound that, like, I felt like this is something that most of us kind of know about, but nobody really decided to put it in the form of an actual album. You know, this is the type yeah, right, of stuff right. that we know about, we we think about, you know, even some of us that actually go to church, you know, we know, I mean, people that are aware, obviously, people that are open-minded, um, they know that mm-hmm. there's a form of indoctrination going on in, in the church setting or in, in certain religious settings but we don't really talk about it. So that was the other thing that I felt was so clever about you guys really creating a platform for a whole album to really touch on this. I mean, and it was done, it was done creatively. It wasn't specifically geared to that. I mean, it was about just the idea of having cult followings, but um, I I was just curious to know like how people that, um, uh, that are deeply into religion responded to that. You know, but that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what it's I expected. Not, it's not just about like the like the religious thing. It was it, it is totally about like 
like even entertainers and anybody that's in power that like kind of just is real ill with how they use their right. power their influence it was also about that too so i don't want to you know just make it like we just fashion people because religion is you know whatever keeps people from not you know killing each other and you know doing other stuff if that's what you feel like you need to do then by all means please do it so mm-hmm. you don't but yeah. if the leader is like telling you you know what i'm saying that you should because we have an agenda um that they're not blatantly saying that but that you know that's that's what their agenda is if they're trying to get you to eliminate somebody else because so their agenda can shine through then that's not right you know what i'm saying that's evil and sometimes that happens you know so that's what it was that's what it was planned on but it's not it's not strictly just religion it's anybody that's empowered community leader president um parliament whatever whatever right it's just yeah. definitely now I want to actually take this next question to um Scud One, um okay, in relation, yeah, yeah, in relation to the production of the yeah. album Scud, uh, this question is 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 actually focused on, you know, the the beat making process for the album. Um, what well, I noticed well. is that the production is really aggressive. Of course, there's uh elements of psych psychedelic rock and soul samples, but it's definitely not the typical sound you're used to hearing in hip hop today. But that's kind of exactly what I love about it. It really complements that whole church preacher on the pulpit atmosphere really well. So um, tell us a bit about the production approach. How were you able to tailor your production to fit in with the theme of the album? Right. Well, a lot of the samples that I used were uh, from similar time periods. Mm -hmm. So I took a lot of stuff from, you know, between... uh, from the early 60s to the mid 70s so a lot of the sound was pretty similar and a lot of the foreign samples I used um you know I used a bunch of stuff where, where it was kind of almost um cover joints or influenced by uh some of the other music that I used from the states right okay so I kind of took all that and um kind of just went along with what Denmark was doing as well you know we did that whole joint in the studio together so it was, uh, you know, it was really inspirational and easy to play off each other in the same sense. Right. And uh, also with, like, a lot of the overproduced stuff these days, it was kind of nice to strip down the album a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and, and not do something uh, too over the top. Definitely. Definitely. And uh, another point that I want to bring up is that this project is actually released on um, Exile's labeled uh, Dirty Science producer Exile. Um, tell us a little bit about you guys' um, connection to Exile and why you chose to have him executive produce the album as well. Like, what, what, what was like? You guys could have easily put this out somewhere else. You could have done it on your own. Yeah. Did other distribution? What was Absolutely. so special about having Exile involved? You know what? I mean, Exile's a good dude, and he had showed uh, interest really early on in the project too. Um, we were only about three songs in when uh, he had decided that, you know, he was interested in doing, uh, putting out the album. And, uh, you know, he's got his imprint with Fappy, so we figured uh, everything was kind of taken care of. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's a good dude, and he makes really good music, too. And uh, it's always nice to have someone that's kind of doing their own thing and uh, to guide the project a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I would say, you know, most part, he had 
like I said, showed interest really early on. And um, it just seemed to fit, you know, it seemed to gel. Mm-hmm. What would what would you say was exactly his executive role in the in the project? Um, I mean, it, to kind of pinpoint something uh, is hard. You know, he played um, a bunch of different roles throughout it. One, you know, he helped us get the whole joint mix and master properly. Mm. And um, important. You know, shout out to Wes Osborne. Uh, he does a bunch of work for Stone's Row. I think he got his own company, uh, Violent Lantern Mastering, right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, he had a kind of the small little pieces that we needed to uh, make the project sound how we wanted it sound and uh, reach the people that we wanted it to reach, you know? Definitely. Now, the album cover itself is capturing. You know, you see Denmark looking like he. He, he, you know, he's in a picture out of the eighteen hundreds or something. You know what I mean? Like he's he's really right. like like you when you when you look at the album art, you you realize that there's some type of story to this. Like, um, was it you guys um artistic background that had a part to play in this? Like, what what art helped to develop the artwork? Um, well, at the time, you know what we were actually working at uh, it was like a co-op, and they had a printer. You could kind of just print on anything you wanted to. So this dude, Denmark, it's uh, a wood plank, and actually that photo that uh, we had taken over at the studio on it. Mm. And after looking through images, uh, that one just seemed to make sense, and it wasn't necessarily for that purpose, but it fit so perfectly that we couldn't turn it down, you know? Definitely. He looks like a real cult leader on that album cover. So I guess you guys nail it in terms of the, the imagery, you know, because, you know. It's yeah. so f- and Go ahead. as far as that imagery, too, I couldn't hear your question before, but I heard Demar talking about, you know, how some people would say it was blasphemous or whatnot. Right. But it just goes to show that those people haven't heard the project uh, because, you know, in a sense, it's obviously it's making a mockery out of people that are making a mockery out of something. Right. You know what I mean? Instead of just basing it on the cover, but it's like, you know, it's like the old cliche, don't judge a book by its cover. Right. You know, the content is actually uh, the opposite from the imagery, you know? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah, that question was really in reference to um, how people who are already deeply involved in religion or in cult followings might have taken to the actual subject on the album. Um, that's what I had asked uh, Denmark right. earlier, you know, and and he said, you know, he got a he got a got a response from someone who said it was kind of blasphemous. But I think generally, yeah, no, because we had uh, we had done an interview and someone asked us if we had any admiration for Jim Jones for the tape that we had put out before Cold Classic. Denmark had a mixtape with Jim Jones on it, you know, and it's kind of more so just drawing attention to the whole thing. Uh, but definitely no admiration, you know. Right. Get right. So, um, I want to actually switch this next question back to Denmark. Um, in yeah. in yeah, if you could um put Denmark back on the line, I know we going back. Yo, and yo. Forth. Denmark, you're back on the line, brother. So, um, the uh, next question uh goes back to you. Um, in in reference to your name, um, I you know. I was actually speaking with a coworker the other day that was from Detroit, 
And I was telling her about you, and she was like, yeah, yeah, I know about Denmark because she's into the same type of music, and she's from Detroit. And she was just like, you know, just off the strength of his name, I decided, you know, I was going to go support whatever he put out. Just on the strength of that oh, you wow. actually tell chose her, that thank name. You. Tell her thank you, dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she was just like, yeah, she's from the D, but it's like, she was, she, I don't think she had heard much of you, but she knew of, like, the other artists that you were affiliated with and stuff like that. But she just was, like, captured by that name. And she was like, yo, if somebody is willing to name themselves after Denmark Vesey, the original Denmark Vesey, then they worthy to listen to. So um, I just kind of curious to know, you know, for people that don't know, of course, Denmark Vesey, the original one, was an African-American man who was famous for planning a slave rebellion back in the 1800s. Um, why did you choose that name for yourself? And what significance or weight do you want that name to represent throughout your work as an artist? Uh, well, I chose that name. One day I was at, uh, I was at Borders, and I was reading, uh, you know, I was just going through books or whatever, and um, I forgot the name of this book. But uh, I read, you know, they had uh, basically like his his bio. It wasn't his bio, but it was like a like a bunch of different, um, you know, slave insurrectionists or you know whatever the case may be. I stumbled upon his name, and I was like, "Yo, man, that's a really dynamic name. That's really powerful." Mm. So I decided to, uh, you know, to rock with that one. And it didn't seem to. Uh, it wasn't like so anal. You know, because you know how you go through those phases. Right. And a lot of rappers be having, like, MC um, technical or MC, you know, whatever, whatever. And uh, I definitely went through my phase where I was, you know, scientific uh, elegist or whatever the case may be. So I thought that was a little bit more uh, easier to easier to digest. You know, Denmark, Vesey. I'm a black dude. Denmark is obviously a Scandinavian country. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's just a whole bunch of different aspects to it. And specifically, why I named myself Denmark Vesey is because of the story. And, uh, you know, he tried to have a, a slave insurrection like, like Matt Turner. Mm. It didn't go down because another slave told on him. Right. So that was like, a, um, that was like a, an example of how there isn't, obviously, one, there's uh, like no solidarity between like in my community and I in the African American community there wasn't even back then there wasn't a lot and I feel like it needs to be more solidarity. And two, um just that was a, like a really ill representation of like how being a slave is such a um like a it's such a cult like thing, you know what I mean? Like right. this slave had an opportunity to be free and he chose to tell you know, the master, mm. because he felt more secure being a slave. You know what I mean? So right, that was just, right. I mean, some stuff like that. I just thought that was really, really ill. And, um, yeah, that was, that, that, that's why I call myself uh, Denmark Vesey. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. So how do you want that to translate into just that significance of what Denmark Vesey represented? How do you want that to translate into your work as an artist? I mean... Mostly, uh, just like I said, his story I think can uh, easily be translated into um, just my struggle as an artist mm -hmm. with trying to appeal to, you know, not trying to be like 
some pop stars and like that, but get my music out there and appeal to my, um, you know, appeal to a wide audience and break away from whatever, um, like norms or whatever, um, like, you know, the limits that they'll have for somebody, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like in terms of people doing their music, like, oh no, you can only write 16. Of course, you're only four. And then it's got to be this way. Like, no, it doesn't have to be this way. We can do whatever the fuck, excuse me, we can do whatever we want to do. Mm-hmm. And there is no rules, you know what I'm saying? Don't, that's some, some more slave shit. You thinking that you got to have it this way or it's got to sound this way or it right. don't have to, this is art, you know what I'm saying? This can sound however you want it to, want sound. It to sound. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like a, uh, there's no rules to what we do. That's why we, you know what I'm saying? We make it. And everybody else listens. You can't make a, like, I don't know, man. I just got certain opinions on people who be like, ah, man, you know, you need a hit. and you right. need to, It needs to be this way, formatted mm-hmm. this way. It's like, no, it don't. Like, who, who started that? Like, why do you have mm-hmm. to do that? You don't have to do that. So don't, do, you know what I'm saying? So, and I, and I, you know, I like to keep it, sometimes I like to keep it traditional, too, because sometimes there's a time and a place for everything. But right. don't be afraid to, you know, grab your balls and do some, do something new, man. Just do what you want to do. Definitely, and and I and I see that 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 is definitely the direction you guys moved in with this project. So what I want to do mm-hmm. uh, now is actually go into a cut off the album. Um, this song is uh, one of my favorites off the project. In fact, I have lots of favorites on this project. Um, what? What? I, Wait, which one is it? Are uh, we gonna go into "Do You Believe"? Um, oh, I just okay, think it's yeah, just a okay. profound <laughs> track. Yeah, 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 where you really right. basically questioning. We'll just let people listen to it. Um, do you believe off cult classic? Um, uh, this is uh, Denmark Vesey and uh, Scud One uh, on the line today. You are checking out Out the Box Radio. Their album Cult Classic is now in stores digitally. It's also out physical, right? You said it's out at Fat Beats? Uh, yeah, we had like CD's uh, Amoeba. Um, okay. On the ground, yeah, hip hop. You know, fat beats is distribution, so you know they. Uh, Definitely. What did you just say? Uh, UGHH undergroundhiphop.com. Underground hip hop has got it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Absolutely. So yeah, man. For all the people that like uh, still purchasing physical projects like myself, you can uh, go ahead and uh, order that. Or you know, if you if you can't wait, you know, it's up there on iTunes that you can cop. So let's just go into a cut off this album. It's called Cult Classic is the album, and the track is called Do You Believe? Listen to the dopeness. Out the Box Radio. These aren't children's toys, you know. These represent power, real power, and you can be a part of it. All you have to do is take the oath. Do it. Betrayal is death. Betrayal is death. Do no all. Yeah. Go and watch this watch sway like pendulum swipe. You're getting down with sweet. I pull out that credit card and buy into this faith. She, you need. Gather round you children. Oh, lost, but now I found you children. Who think? Y'all family now, you children. Oh, hell, got the Yassid DMK. Genuflect the bow down, ye children. Watch this watch. We serving Eucharist out of pimp goblin. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, but with this new hypnotic. I love you when you die for me. If you love me, you will die for me. We 
you all we got kids you gotta ride for me open your eyelids your family don't want you they just own you but who was here for you who cut their palm and shook their hands about to kill for you yes see now on the count of three i want y'all to say it with me one two three yes see do you believe do you I got it by believing that it, that it's available and that it's available to everyday people that believe that God is who He says that He is and He can do what He says He can do. That's really where it, it begins. There's a belief. When did you realize you had this power? How did it manifest itself? Pete, forced bonfires and animal highs typical. The 15, uh, 40 percent times minimal. With the 72 virgins, it's my gift to you. I pick an object. Any object, pray to it, worship it. That's the ritual. Rock a bite, free will, don't say a word. Shut the fuck up, keep eating your way and curves. And if you decide to eat from this tree of life, a spider might bite you on your goddamn neck. Sorry. What I meant to say was, I love you all and I want you guys to be safe. That's why I don't like you. You're talking to other people, you know? Because they're out there, and they're out here. We're all that we have. Yes, 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 see. We're all that we have. No one is going to love you like I'm going to love you. I will die for you. Just like you will die for me. Yes, 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 see. When you think I'm ready to be initiated, let me know. Yep, yep, yep. Welcome back to Out the Box Radio. I'm your host, Krill. Got my brother, Denmark Vesey, and the homie, Scud One, on the line with us today. Really enjoying the conversation. As we said before, the album Cult Classic is out now on Exile's Dirty Science label. The track you just heard was Do You Believe? You basically just heard Dr. Yassiv uh, giving his test of faith <laughs> sermon on the track entitled Do You Believe? Really, really dope and intriguing track. And, you know, this concept of believing in something, whether it be organized religion or some type of other following, most of us at some point in our life follow something, whether it be religion or a specific social movement. They definitely have their benefits. But uh, my question to you, Denmark, is at what point does a cult following become dangerous? Oh, wow. I like think... What, um, what can we look for? Because sometimes we get caught up. You know, we may get into it and the, the effects are subtle. And then before you know it, you reel deep into it and all basic intelligence right. goes out the door. So, like, w at what point do we realize this shit can be detrimental? Well, I think um, separation from family... You know, stuff like that. That's one. That's like a sign that okay. You know, mm. what I'm saying if you're not, if, if somebody telling you now nah, you can't hang around them because they won't understand anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like that's mm -hmm. like a. What is my mom? So I can hang around her. And, you know what I'm saying? Like right. you might not agree on everything, but I can hang around my family. I think that's one. Um. What else? Uh, just maybe. Uh, um. 
you know, like just a, a, a magnified, like, uh, adoration towards one person. You know what I'm saying? Where that mm-hmm. person is just kind of like the, the, um, in terms of like, you know, like hierarchy. It's just one person at the top and he's mm-hmm. where you get all of your, he or she, excuse me, is where you get all of your, uh, information from. Like if you just find yourself, you know, it's good to get advice and, you know what I'm saying? But if, if you're living your life based solely on what this person says, and I think that's a little, um, I think that's a little dangerous too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, things, things like that are always like very eye, eyebrow raising for me because, mm-hmm. uh, it's funny, man. I was in, I was in theology class and like, in like high school mm-hmm. and, uh, a lot of the stuff that they were saying, cause they went over cults in there too. And that's kind of maybe where I got, it, it, it kind of uh, got sparked up. This was like around, you know, around the 15, 16-ish area, age. Um, that's when I, you know, started taking theology and stuff. And they were talking about cults. And uh, some of the stuff that they were saying, specifically the two examples that I just, just right. gave, were some of the things that I was experiencing, like going to church. I mean, just mm. regular old it's black Baptist church. And it wasn't like... Um, it wasn't like, uh, like, um, what's the word? Like, my, the, the pastor there wasn't like telling anybody to kill anybody, or, you know, wasn't right. making us, you know, it was all regular, normal stuff. But right. even still, man, like, I look at, like, the church on some real stuff, man. Like, the church, the pastor is that dude, and all the women there uh, could be, could sleep with the pastor in pocket. The pastor said, you know what I'm saying? That's how it be. That's how I seen it. You know what I'm saying? Just they got, oh, well, the pastor said, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, another thing, man, black folks love, you know, not against anybody else. Everybody, you know, loves their own religion. Black folks love the Lord, man. They really, really do, too. True indeed. To the point where it's like, man, like, what you, like, wake up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a bunch of contradictory stuff that, in that whatever you're subscribing to, it's some it's a flaw to it. You know what I'm saying? They're nothing perfect. Everything was written by man, so you know. Right. Okay. They just you know they say it's okay to have slaves, and you know what I'm saying? Like, what's what's yeah. going on? Like you don't see that? You can ignore that, but you can't ignore something else. So right. that's what. What was the, what was the question, bro? I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. No, 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 no. You uh, you you answered it. You answered it pretty well, and 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 you veered off, but it was it's along the same lines. No, but really, uh, the yeah. question was: um, At what point does a cult following become dangerous? Oh you know, yeah, yeah. You yeah, really yeah. you summed it up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you yeah, gave me some yeah, good uh s- some good uh points. Definitely great points that you mentioned earlier. But um, I I want to talk also about um today's generation or the young generation of today. Uh, a lot of young people are not really, at least I find, are not indoctrinated by religion uh you know like some of us were like you know like they they they're not brought up their upbringing is not the same as before like um then i find that a lot of young people are not really connected to the, the to the disciplines and surroundings of the church setting as before but i feel like mm-hmm. they also have their own cult following of the day in the form of mm-hmm. pop, pop mm-hmm. culture fashion technology mm-hmm so forth that's a mm-hmm. whole other beast 
to be influenced by. And even though mm, us mm. as older heads were brought up in some of the flawed surroundings of religion, I feel like it still provided some type of moral discipline to us. But young people today generally don't have that, and they're up against a whole no. other beast. So um, my thing is, how do they overcome the cult following of their generation? Um, yeah, man, you know, it is It is a really, like, uh, it is a different time, man. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, like, that's not, you're right. You're right. What you said is right. How do, yeah. how do they overcome that? Um, it's a lot of information out here. You know what I mean? It's a lot of good information, and it's a lot of bad information. And um, I think... I think good resonates, man. I mean, like, this is good. You know what I'm saying? You got to know, at the end of the day, this is a good thing, man. You know what I'm saying? So if you can just follow your, um, like, your internal moral compass, mm -hmm. then, you know, you can you can be, you know, you can you can follow that and, and know that something is, is, is wrong or right. You know what I'm saying? Even though it's a lot of shiny objects out here, it's a lot of... Honestly, I feel kind of, uh, you know, not sad or sorry, but, you know, mm -hmm. I'm like, damn, man, like, they got a lot they up against, man. They right. got TVs in front of their face, all mm -hmm. the, you know, the computer, they, they TV, or excuse me, their phone is a computer and the TV and the, you know what I'm saying? It's just Definitely. all types of crazy stuff that you can, you know, it's also a lot of good ways to, like I said, find information and create and voice your opinions and it's a lot of internet has provided a lot of platforms for people who otherwise wouldn't have um you know a platform so right. um it's been a bad but like i said at the end of the day we all have um something inside of us you know a conscience the conscience excuse me and um we have to we have to uh nurture that and uh mm -hmm. listen to it and you know not you know that's that's our internal voice you know what i'm saying it's inside of us so you know, you gotta you gotta go with that. People know when they messing up, man. Mm. I don't care if you were involved. You know what I'm saying? You know, you know right. it's wrong, man. Like some maybe maybe some people don't really know what's wrong, but I I'd assume that's like you know like there's chemically imbalanced people too, you know. Mm. But for people who don't have any type of like chemical imbalance or anything like that, you know when something is wrong, wrong and yeah. you decide, you know what, I'm going to do this anyway. I'm, I'm not going to do this or whatever the case may be. But I think that it's not like totally, they're not like totally, ah, there's nothing we can do. You know what I'm right. saying? It's just, we got to try harder. We got to culture jam, whatever they're trying to jam down our throats. You know what I mean? Because that's really what's going on. It's a, it's a fight between, you know, people who, have power and what their agenda is and mm -hmm. the actual people which is the, the the majority you know they we have something to say too and we want you know things should be a, a certain way where everybody is a little bit more equally uh distributed you know things of that nature but it's not a lost cause nothing is a lost right, cause right, you just gotta navigate around it yeah yeah how much do you feel and i don't want to i don't want to put hip-hop out there as the savior of anything but we we're obviously living in the hip hop generation, um, and we've been living in it for 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 quite a bit now. But um, I feel like young people are quicker to listen to the the leaders of the hip hop world or the music world um, than they 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 would to a preacher. You know what I'm saying? Just throwing it out there vaguely. Um, 
how much do you feel like hip hop can help to influence you know uh, a different perspective for for some of our young young people out there just just a just a just a critical perspective of what they're being fed at such an abundant rate in the form of like i said technology you know consumerism pop culture and right. whatnot well i'm a, i'm gonna answer half of this and then i'm gonna go ahead and let scott mm-hmm. uh, dip in on this too Definitely. And in terms of just how hip-hop is influencing people um you know that's the that's to me that's the um voice of the babies, man. You know, some people younger than me and me too, because I'm, you know, I'm an '80s baby. So, right. you know, that's when it started. That's when that, you know, that's when it was just starting to kick up dust or whatever. Um, that's who we look to, man. We look to. It's a lot of stuff that I learned from cannabis that I didn't learn, and uh, that at the same time I was, I was. Listening to cannabis, and I might have been in chemistry class, but ca- cannabis made me want to learn about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, most deaf made me want to, those dudes made me want to learn about the stuff that otherwise, and even if, uh, maybe, let's say historically or factually, um, uh, neither one of those dudes were correct with, with the jewel that they were trying to lay. Right. They still, um, they, it was a catalyst for me to want to learn about Definitely. something that they were talking about. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I always. Uh, you know, um, make hip hop a valid thing. Like it's not just this. Like ah man, it's just so many crazy stuff. Cause I want to like people still think hip hop is just just this barbaric like right. Um, you know, misogyny filled. Um, it's and it's such a wide spectrum for you know what I'm saying. Like that's such an old that's such an old like way of thinking. Like hip hop right. has been around for a damn near. 40 years, uh-huh. it's like 60-year-old rappers that we know, and um, or close, damn near close to, you know? Right. It's been around for a long time. It's, it's a, a wide array of all types. And there's a very aggressive hip-hop. There's mildly aggressive hip-hop. There's extremely informative hip-hop. Right. There's, um, you know, just all types of stuff. And people are still like, well, they're only talking about bitches and hoes. It's like, right. no, that's not. Right. That's not it. That's not even like half of it, dude. That's like one sliver of what's going on. There's that, and then there's the other stuff, and then you know. So hip hop. That's why hip hop is. Um, that's how it's influenced. Influential to right. me. I'm gonna pass it to Scud. Hip hop is influential. Go ahead, Scud. Yeah. Um, you know what? I had to completely agree with Denmark on that, though. Just going back to being a kid and, uh, you know, listening to people like Cannabis back then that was rocking science and, you know, stuff that you might not, uh, you know, naturally be interested in. Um, you know, it was a beautiful way to learn about it or at least, uh, you know, hear, hear that terminology and be able to look it up yourself and figure out exactly, you know, what's going on. And then also to build on that, you know, it's a culmination of so many things. So there's no reason why uh, anybody can't relate to it, you know? Definitely. It's kind of like if you like rock music, you could find something in cult classic that you can relate to. Right. You know, if you like hardcore rap music, you could find something. If you like jazz music, if you're a fan of film, you know, we use a lot of library music and, uh, you know, music from film as well. Right. You know, 
and I just want to go on the whim here because um I was actually just watching something before I, I you know we 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 started talking for this interview. I was watching something on one of our news channels and this guy was actually speaking on the fact that jazz artists back in the day looked up like Dizzy Gillespie and them looked up to Duke Ellington. And it was they looked yeah. up to him at a at a in a level that was like really, really respectful level. Like, you know, they saw him as, as greatness as a musician and they strive to be that. And he, what, what, he, what he really threw me off though was when he said that the hip hop artists today, some of the stuff that he's hearing from hip hop artists today, he can't believe that this is being touted as great. But I, I knew automatically um, and I don't want to undermine his his diversity in terms of what he's listening to, but I felt like automatically the hip hop that he's listening to or he's aware of is probably the hip hop that's commercially accepted, that's on the radio, um, that doesn't really explore too much cre creative dimensions. And I, I I and I had this conversation with um uh, the artist Homeboy Sandman not too long ago about the mm -hmm. fact that hip-hop does not get viewed in the same way as some of the 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 um the classic music that came before but I, I feel that the reason that that is is because people are not aware of the diversity of hip-hop that they don't take it beyond the commercial radio or the the the, the commercial TV networks and go seeking the, the 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 other types of music that's more avant-garde or pushing the bar yeah, in terms absolutely. of creativity. Yeah, because no disrespect, but anybody that's going to make a decision on anything has to be well-educated, you know, in, in what they're speaking on. And, you know, it's kind of upsetting, but uh, at least it pulls people into hip-hop. But the hip-hop that does reach the masses obviously isn't um, maybe as informative. Right more inspirational as the music that me and Denmark were touching on um, as far as growing up and listening to and being able to learn from, you know, mm -hmm. learn something valuable about the world or about science or, you know, uh, about music by listening to the samples and digging back to find them. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, at the same time, at least it's reaching people. And, you know, as a kid, I didn't just start listening to... Uh, the most informative hip-hop. I listened to, uh, you know, I'm not even going to blast anybody out like that, but the stuff that I was listening to was crazy. Right. And it took someone else to say, you know, I see you're interested in this, maybe check this, this, or that out. You know, right. you might be able to uh, get something more out of it. You know, I can tell that you're interested in it. Maybe I can guide you in a direction that will uh, be more helpful for you, you know, in your life. Right. Now, and also, as far, you know, as far as them listening to jazz music, I mean, you know, going back to it's a culmination of so many forms, as we all know, there's a lot of jazz that's sampled. Mm -hmm. A lot of live musicians these days that play in hip-hop bands that are jazz right. musicians as well. Exactly. You know, so it's a great fusion there. Yeah. Now, yeah, definitely point well taken. Um, I want to also, you know, take some time to go back Um Get, to get back into the album, you know, um, cult classic. I know we veered off a little bit, but I really want to go back to the project. After reading the liner notes, um, and when I'm saying the liner notes, you guys had done uh, um, a listener's guide on narite.com. 
which kind of mm-hmm. was the draw for me. You know, um, I was hearing about Denmark uh, some time now because of the circles of artists he's worked with, but I didn't really come on board with this project until I saw the write-up on Nar Right. Um, and um, right. the I thought what you guys did with the liner notes with them was brilliant because I'm one of these types of dudes that like really follow the liner notes track for track. You know what I'm saying? And what I noticed um, in my extensive listening of the project, I noticed that some songs aren't as literal or direct to the storyline as others. Like, Do You Believe, Hoeing in the Garden, and Attack of the Skrilla Getters. For example, those tracks, like you, when you listen to those songs, they stick directly, like the, like the storyline is more apparent with those songs mm-hmm. but then you got tracks like ego trip dreams or deception that aren't so detailed and word for word and going with the liner notes how would you guys right. i mean you guys could correct me if i'm wrong if i'm if i'm seeing it differently but um i'm just curious to know how would you like the listeners to per- perceive those tracks in relation to the storyline although they may not be as literal and direct to the story as the others that i right. mentioned I mean, all that, um, obviously, all art, music included, is, you know, how someone perceives that everyone's going to have a different perception of it. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, I would say that at some points, maybe we did deviate a bit from the storyline. Okay. Um, but only, you know, to not only uh, take a break for ourselves, you know, but to give a break maybe to the listener as well and still maybe stay on concept. But, you know, ease back a little bit um, from the whole storyline and give them, you know, drop a different jewel in there, you know, and switch it up a little bit. But I okay. think everything does kind of go back to the uh, to the character, in a sense. Okay. You know, that Denmark portrays, um, but maybe not necessarily is it a necessary puzzle piece to figure out the whole story. Right. You know, with without them, you would still have a beginning, a middle, and an end, and the plot mm-hmm. would still make sense. Um, but with them, it kind of makes it maybe more wholesome of like a, a character study of the right. person behind, you know, the whole storyline and the main character. Right. Now, and, and I'm glad you, you really brought up that point because I'm like, I'm like, like I said, I'm like really reading the line of notes and I'm listening to every track. I'm like a nerd when it comes to shit like that. So You're like, what does this song mean? Yeah. Like, I'm like following word for word. This one doesn't so make sense. I'm one of those. <laughs> you got me, you got me laughing here, but um, yeah, man, I'm one of those dudes, but I'm glad that you, you know, you brought that up. Um, now I also want to also talk about you. You, you actually rap on, on the album and your character According to the liner notes again, your character is actually on one of the songs. Um, but according to the liner notes on Not Right, Dr. Yasiv actually begins to have a change of heart or change of direction at the time when he begins to question your character. Now, that's pivotal to the story, you know, because he's like switching it up. He He's like, he don't, it's like he's second guessing his decisions, you know? So my question is, Mm -hmm. um, as much as you could, you know, give some insight into it, what role does your character play to the significance of the story? I mean, I know we only hear you once, but how, how, how did you want your character to Um, be a part of the story? You know, that was kind of just a a chance for me to uh, speak my little piece in in the whole role. And I kind of came in it, you know, on the middle. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, from what I was able to gather from Denmark, that was kind of at a point when he had already gained a little bit of success throughout the story. And it was kind of, you know, the, the track title was Let the God Eat. Right, you know? Let the God Eat. That and was it was kind of like we had uh, maybe reaped some benefits at that point, And it was kind of like, yo, you know, let the God eat. You know, let the God breathe. And it was kind of... Uh, maybe more of like a, a liberating track at that point in the album or in the story. Mm, you know, definitely. had already achieved a little bit of success and, um, you know, kind of enjoying the fruits of the labor. Right, right, right. And, and at that point, a change of direction started to happen for him. So that interaction with you, I guess is what he was saying, that he started to question you know, your character and the role of that song. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to delve into Denmark's mind because it's such an intricate mind. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe I, you know, maybe I got to ask him. Maybe I negative light on myself to say that he's questioning uh, my character. You know what I mean? I think it was, um, you know, I had actually started that joint and I was kind of trying to go with the, the concept um not to say that this whole project was fueled by drugs or, you know, something of that nature, but right. I think a lot of it was based on, uh, you know, some of that culture in a sense and what we were experimenting with while making the album. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? And right. I think we were kind of talking about that as well, including it within the storyline, if that makes any amount of sense. Well, it, it, <laughs> makes, it, makes, it makes a lot Without more sense too now. Much. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say maybe Denmark would be the best one to speak on that. But yeah, it definitely makes yeah, a lot right. more sense now. You know, but um right, right. What I, I basically I actually want to get into to another another song from the album. Actually, two songs. We'll we'll get into that track actually, Let the God Eat. But um before we do that, let's break and um go into another cut as well. Um this one is called Attack of the Skrilla Getters and then we lead right off into let the God eat. So check it out live and direct here on Out the Box Radio. Got the homie Scud One on the line as well as the homie Denmark Vesey. Really, really loving the conversation I'm having with these brothers. The album is in stores now, cult classic. Make sure you go get that. Uh, distributed by Fat Beast, but it's also on Exiles, Dirty Science label. So check it out. Let's go into another track off the album, Attack of the Skrilla Getters, Out the Box Radio. Folks, this is a serious thing. Of the charismatics, we stacking funds and getting money is a habit. Just ask the nuns. I vow to never tell a soul. My silence gold. You see who tell the truth, man. All the honest folks is broke. Yo, let's get this money, get this power, get this power. You, my crews are charismatics, and we make a lot of loot. This ain't no joke, man. I don't wanna rob no old ladies, but I will. I do it like Gator for the paper, the color Al Green. My team, my nigga Creflo and Austin. We greedy and we smacking faces with collection. Attack of the Skrilla Gittas. Oh no! Attack of the Skrilla Gittas. 
Watch out. Led by the Honorable Reverend Cha-Ching. Now we don't want to hurt nobody, so don't make us. Money motivate us. I stick my to the church and stick the whole place up. I seen botch robberies and with yellow tape of cause of green. Turn a church into a murder scene. I look at that. If you scared, don't go to church, homie. Pledge a frat. From Yahweh's crucifix, the whole set. And we got Joseph on stage at the movie show. Lab results from paternity test. That's 99.9%. Not the father, all that child support. You should have joined fraternity. Step. Shine under the moon lamps. We all in this together now. So why I feel so alone when this overwhelming high begin to settle down. I seen it through the eyes of all. Though my perspective's not one of the masses, I managed to crash into this stream of thought. Brandishing the canvas is the easel talk. Reprimanded with action, but the brush began to lead the bark. I traveled through the mist and fog behind me. If we all fall, then I'm a stall to the walls fall beside me. I ain't giving up. Not for false hopes. I never seen this. Exploding land somewhere between the stars of Phoenix. Seen it heating up. But seems this me enough. Can see the seamless cut and schemes are rough. Believe you me, that we not deep enough. I peeped it in a final hour. Realized the power sized it up. Figured nothing my mind can't conquer. I stop fresh about the sepulchre. Extra balls and stunting like I came about the launch. 
Blowing out brownie paper towel spine and downy. Fabric softener, straight up out of nag, champa fog and camouflage. They never seen the hook come and blend in one movement. Sun and them black drop. I may see too big to react to a nas why. The obsidian cap wrapped the cap blocks. No in fans of glue, so capital is a must. It's extension of piss from the revenge of the punks. Brand emblem of Trump. I demand a grand minimal sum. Cause a picture's worth a thousand words and hours of verbs But my words worth a thousand pictures They crowd around the victor, then they try to mount the victim The climb up is a struggle, but the dismount is a killer I swear to Robin Givens, giving Robert Downey liquor The great deceptor, Lucifer, I broke his crown and scepter The campaign is crime voted to sweep Scud Uno the loop, brown note in the beat Got to record the story in the porta potty drop stool and be cool. Just let the God speak. Let the God, let the God eat. Let the God breathe. Let the God rest last day of the week. Let the God eat. Let the God breathe. Let the God rest last day of the week. Let the God eat. Let the God breathe. Let the God rest last day of the week. Let the God eat. Let the God breathe. Let the God rest last day of the week. Let the God eat. Let the God breathe. Let the God rest last day of the week. Let the God eat. Let the God breathe. Let the God rest last day of the week. Let the God eat. Let the God breathe. Let the God rest last day of the week. Let the God eat. Let the God Welcome back to Out The Box Radio. I'm your host, Krill. We got the homies, Scud One, and of course, Denmark Vesey on the line. The track that you recently heard just right before we came out of the break was Let The God Eat featuring Scud One, and that was kind of like a bonus, which was the track we were talking about before. And before that track, you heard Attack of the Skrilla Getters. Uh, two amazing tracks off of this wonderful concept album. So, um... Scud is on the line with us as well as Denmark, still on the line. I thank y'all for staying on here with me. Just getting back into the album, it seems like at the end of the album, and I mean, I guess Denmark could answer this question, the the main yeah. character comes to the revelation that he made a mistake. This is like really getting to the end of the project. Um, he comes to that revelation that he, he's made a mistake he doesn't want to mislead the people anymore in his congregation. Where exactly does it go from here? And what is the mindset you wanted the main character to have by the close of the album? Wow. Uh, well, you know, um, this whole thing is kind of uh, like the cult classic stuff. Uh, the character mm -hmm. is like an ongoing thing. Not so much the, the, the cult classic aspect, but more so that character. So, um, it's kind of like a cliffhanger, man. You know what I'm saying? He, he's kind of like, uh, it's like, um, Forrest Gump. Mm -hmm. You know, when he, uh, when he, he was jogging and then all those people kept following him. Right. And then he's like, man, I'm I'm done. And then those people were like, well, what the hell? Like, you know, I just devoted <laughs> all my time to following you to wherever the hell you were going, and now you're just quitting. And that's kind of where he's at. You know, he's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. So mm. we 
have to see how the next, uh, what the next journey will be for this young man. And the way that you can do that is to continue to follow my career and support me. That's right. I was just about to say, can. are we hinting on a possible sequel for the project? <laughs> well, not a not a sequel, more of like a prequel. Okay. Um, like kind of like where this dude's mind stay mind stay was. Um, what got him there and what yeah. what happened? You know what I mean. So it's uh, it's I, I like like I'm I'm like maybe ninety percent. Uh, I'm about seventy percent done with uh, the next album, and uh, you know I like the direction that it's going. And um, yeah, man, it's just I don't know what's gonna go on. You know what, what's gonna happen next, which is dope, which is exciting. You know what I mean? Mm. Um. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's he's definitely not done. He's definitely got a lot more, you know, things to to find out about himself and the world mm-hmm. around him. But uh, yeah, man, it's, I I don't know where it's going after this uh, in terms of like if he want to start another religion, if he's lying mm-hmm. and he's gonna really do it. Again. I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm dealing with right this this next album is about to be like I said where this character's um, mindset was or what got him towards like, yo, I'm a, I'm a do this, man. I'm a, I'm a start my own cult. You know what I'm saying? So, right. um, I, I, I want to give some of it away, but I don't want to give some of it right, away right. because I want people to, you know, definitely. But yeah. So does, does he, at the end of the album, you know, with this cult classic album, does he, does he go, does he, is there interest for him to go back into the music career into the rapping career. I don't know, man. I don't. I, uh, all right. <laughs> I don't. I can't. So it's open ended. It's open ended, man. It's open ended right. until you know the next. To the next, because like I said, the next, the one following this is like, like before called classic. It's pre called right. classic. So this okay. is like what got him into that. Definitely. So. I, the book is open, so I'm definitely going to look forward mm-hmm. to that, and I'm sure all of your fans and people who support your work as well as Scud's work is going to look forward to that. In in general, um, this has just been really a great year for you guys, and I'm sure this album will likely appear on a lot of people's uh, top list, you know, top hip-hop list for the year, at least those who are mm-hmm. aware and really checking for good music at least. But with that mm-hmm. in mind, what what would you guys say is the next step for each of your respected individual careers? I mean, you could touch on it as well as well as Scud. Okay. Um, well, I'm trying to do as much as I can with whatever God has uh given me the you know, bless me with as far as talent goes in this in, in music. So I definitely don't wanna stop rapping. Mm-hmm. But uh, I definitely want to go off into other genres, if not as on on the forefront and maybe on the behind scene, behind the scenes, and like you know, behind the boards type type thing. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I have a lot to contribute in whatever direction you know my heart leads me in. So um, that's that's where I that's where I want to be. I want I, I want I can't like you know can't tell everybody you can't tell your birthday wish and I can't tell specifically what I want to do, but, um, I definitely want to, um, you know, explore, explore what I can do, you know what I'm saying? Find out mm-hmm. what I can and what I can't do, you know, so I'm not afraid to, you know, 
fuck up. Everybody messed up. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm not gonna. I'm not just gonna come out with some album that's just like whack or something like that. But right. in terms of just like you know, just going in other places and you know, mm-hmm. trying new things. Um, definitely trying to do that in terms mm-hmm. of the future. So mm-hmm. expect and- a lot of different things. Expect expect uh, you know. Uh, linear music and competent music, but uh, expect different things from me. Definitely. And I'm gonna go ahead and pass it to uh, Studrick. Um, what about um, production? Because I didn't really get a chance to speak to you on that. Where do you see your production mm-hmm. uh, skills elevating to? Like, where do you want to take it? Well, I think a lot of the um, newer stuff that I'm doing, I still do a bunch of similar, uh, maybe work similar to Cold Classic. But at the same time, you know, every artist is trying to innovate and um, do stuff a little bit different, you know. So I definitely see myself, um, you know, I've always been a fan of conceptual albums, probably putting out another uh, concept-type album. At the same time, the production uh, might be a little bit different, a little bit thicker, you know. I don't want to get stuck in... Pause in any kind of niche, (laughs) you know, as far as like a stripped down production type style, the dude that only messes with loops or real heavy sample bass, you know? Definitely. Even though those are all things that I enjoy doing, uh, definitely just experimenting a little bit and uh, trying to maintain the foundation, but, uh, you know, maybe expand on, on the whole idea. Definitely, definitely, man. Well, I'm definitely going to be looking forward to, uh, you know, what you guys have coming up in, in, in 2014. I'm sure there'll be some projects in the works. So, um, Yeah, we got P coming out uh, with our homie, hopefully this year, uh, with the homie T. White, who's an amazing, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, it's already the end of the year, so next year. Uh, right. But T. White is an amazing producer. Uh, it's called The Guys Made Dirt got a joint on there. The only joint that's not produced by T. White is uh, from Apollo Brown. Wow. Really dope joint. So, dope producer, Yeah, too. if you all get a chance, make sure to check that out. And, um, yeah, I mean, me and Denmark got a bunch of features as well. I did some production uh, for the homie Cavalier mm-hmm. on his new album coming out, um, Bad Father. So, you know, check for all those mm-hmm. joints as well. And where do you want to take it as an MC, Scott? Because I know you rap as well. We didn't talk too much about that, but I know you you rap here and there as well. What's yeah, your plans? You know, um, yeah, I'm kind of working on my own solo thing as well. Uh, probably a lot less production from me. I'm I'm as far as that end of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm more so like to rap on other people's beats, and I sit there and I make those beats for so long. By the time I'm done with them, I'm like, come on, dude. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, expect something, you know, solo for me on that end of things. And then, um, you know, a couple features here and there. And uh, if you haven't heard anything, make sure to check that Don't Drink the Kool-Aid mixtape that Denmark has put out. I think I'm Definitely. on like three or four joints on there as well. Yeah, yeah, that that's a dope mixtape as well, man. It's it's out, It's out. People can uh, get it uh, for free online, right? Yeah, you can get it for free online. Actually hit up. Uh, House Shoes website. House Shoes, okay. And um, check that out, DJ House Shoes website. It's posted on the front page, I believe. Dopeness, dopeness. Well, I want to thank yeah. the two of you for so much for being on the line with us today. It was really uh, man, a pleasure. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the show. You know? Definitely, man. Really a pleasure to share this conversation with y'all. 
And I wish y'all the very best in your future endeavors. But before we get out of here, why don't you uh, give the people a rundown on where they can keep updated and connected with you online, whether it be your website, Twitter, Facebook, both you and uh, Denmark. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you can hit me at Scud1, S-C-U-D-O-N-E on Twitter. Um, you could also hit me on the Facebook, uh, Scud1. Uh, actually, I think I got a fan page up there, so you can hit up the fan page. Just search, you know, pretty much Google Scud1, any kind of social media, you'll be able to find me. And um, I'll give the phone to Denmark as well. He can shout, shout you out all of his contact info. No doubt. Website, Twitter, yeah. Facebook. All that stuff, Denmark. Okay, okay. Well, uh, let's start with the uh, young Twitter, because that's what I'm on right now. Okay. You can reach me at at B is in dog, E, N is in Nancy, M is in money, A, R, K. <laughs> B is in victory, E, S. Denmark Vest, uh, that's my Twitter handle. And uh, if you just type in on... Um, on the Facebook, uh, Denmark Vessi with two S's, B E S S E Y. You can uh, you can see my dumb face, and then uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm tough on. I'm tough Probably on like Facebook on. and uh, and Twitter. So hit me Definitely. up, hit me up there. SoundCloud, I'm on SoundCloud. Uh, what else? I got a Tumblr. I think it's DenmarkVessi.com. Yeah, DenmarkVessi.com is the name of it, and. Uh, I give shout out to people. Yeah, definitely. Okay, shout out to the homie, uh, Real Mario Butterfield. Uh, shout out to the homie, uh, House Shoes. House um, shoes. Shout out to Jonathan, John Kim, J. Kim, John man. Kim. One shout, of the, big shout out to that dude, man. Good dude, man. Good dude. Um, big shout out to John Kim, super man. Super good dude, bro. Yeah. Very good dude. Um, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it, man. You know. Um, Quale, the homie Quale, Cavalier, um, yeah, man, Choosy Cos, everybody in, uh, Dirty Science, um, yeah. Exile, good looking out. Exile, young Exile, um, Definitely. yeah. That's everybody. what's up. Every, thank, thank you for anybody who supported Call Classic or downloaded Don't You Hit the Kool-Aid, and, uh, yeah. No doubt. I, man, I copped that album on the whim, man. I just, I was just, it was so funny, cause like, um, like I said, I was listening to the, I was reading the listener guide on Not Right, and something just was like, yo, man, I want to hear some, something, something that's going to make me think right now, you know? And your, your album oh, popped yo, yo, up, wait, and wait, I was hold like, on, yo. Hold on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Shout out to Stan Ipkiss, too. Daniel, Daniel Eisenberg, because he's the one that, um, he's, he's the one that did that Not Right. So shout out to that dude, no and doubt. shout out to Dave Bly. And, um, yeah, so there's a lot of people, uh, Chairman Mao. It's a lot of Jim people who be holding me down on the strip. So, Big yeah, shout out to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just want to get that out there, too. No, nah, it's all good, man. I was just generally saying, um, you know, how much I appreciated the album. And just on the whim, I just said, you know, I wanted something that was going to provoke thought to me. So that's what made me cop the right. album initially after reading the, the listener guide on Not Right. So you guys captured right. me, man. <laughs> but um, people... Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that, man. No doubt, man. People also know that you can check us out online at www.outtheboxmedia.com. That's O-U-T-D-A-B-O-X media.com to keep updated with our new radio and TVO episodes, as well as new music that we like to put y'all on to on our blog. 
Be on the lookout for more insightful and quality interviews from Out the Box Radio as we progress into the new year of 2014. You're definitely going to get the heads up via our Twitter or our Facebook page. Our Twitter is at Out the Box Media and our Facebook is at Out the Box TV. Just keep it locked. You know we're going to keep you informed. Happy holidays to everyone celebrating and a happy new year to all. Wishing all the best to all my listeners and Out the Box supporters out there. We thank you so much. So on conclusion, we're going to get out with the last track. I want to thank Denmark Vesey and uh, Scud One for being on the line with us. Really, really appreciate your support. Uh, this last track is called Ego Trip. And uh, we're going to hit y'all with a bonus on the way out as well. Uh, cult classic. So check it out. Out the Box Radio, Ego Trip from Denmark Vesey and um, uh, Scud One off the classic album, Cult Classic. Go cop that if you ain't get it yet. Thank y'all again for supporting us. Out the Box Radio, Denmark Vesey, Scud One, Ego Trip. We out. Peace. Peace. Not in my mind, I'm running in place And fear or something I hate in front of my face I hear it come from the rear, I double my pace I know what it is, but I'm in love with the chase You know what love is I'll be 12 stepping drunk off the power of thought I feel blood pump in and out of my heart I want more, greedy Six courses, feed me until I'm sleepy Trip the fan, turkey king a la carte Stay me. Never enough, I'm never satisfied What the fuck? I smash the pot, luck, hot platter GMO, serve gourmet My stomach aching off of first world pain Like God damn it These diamonds weigh a motherfucking ton And this gold so heavy on this third world chain Man, what, what, you mad cause I'm shining, nigga? You hate, nigga? What? Jealousy's a Gemini, two faces of Janice The gluttony, suttony, I'm feeling so famished I heard life was a bitch, bitch go and fix me a sandwich And hurry up, cause I'm almost 30 plus And the strands on my very hairy nuts started turning gray My mind's a nine, I kiss the whip of every words you say Now you supine, bust the lip, a twisted vertebrae Quiet, bitch, my diet strict and all my nerves is great. That's why I tried to diss a herb a day. I heard it curb the angst. It all started circa 84. I'm baby face. Burping Gerbers in some lady face and rocking dirty drawers. Flash forward. I grew into a use of sack of raps, a rapper slasher, B-movie actor, autograph fortune. The I'm Fazer Ribeiro Amaro. Sponsored by my McDonald's dollar millionaire flow. Yeah, we getting money the new way. Minus the bootleg, cult classic. Say no to bootlegs. Cult status, cult figures, push malt liquor. At 211, 187 on your Kool Aid. Don't drink the Kool Aid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take 22, take 22.